Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. I want to talk about the church, so open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, please. Come on, open your phone, flip it open. There's the Bible app. Okay, go there, right? Right, we're, we're, we have a Bible. If, if you don't have a Bible, there's one in the chair back. You could take that. I want you to have a Bible. Uh, so it's important, it's important to have the Bible because then we can write down, oh, I need to revisit this this week. You can highlight it. You can take notes in it. You can put notes in there and say, I need to rethink about what he's talking about. Uh, Last week, Pastor Jonathan did an amazing job. I got to watch that on video. Uh, If you haven't seen that, I encourage you to see that. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the church. And the church is not an it. The church is a who. I am the church. Uh, you and I are the church together. We are the church. And then the church is other congregations just like this. We, we, the big C church. The church is also called the bride of Christ. And right here in Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, we're gonna talk, we're gonna start our conversation this morning about the body of Christ. In verse three it says this, chapter four, the book of Ephesians, verse three. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Make every effort to keep yourselves. We are already united in the spirit. I wanna talk about what unites us this morning because this little piece of encouragement regarding our unity, and keep your finger there because I'm gonna be coming back into Ephesians 4, but I I wanna talk about what makes it unique. What makes the church so unique? How, how would you describe the church? If you were to see the church, you, you think of the church, you just put that word in your mind, church. What comes to mind? And there's things, effective, impact, community, dynamic, organism, relevant. There's all kinds of words that come to mind when we think about church. But it, it's what makes us unique. And when you think of the adjectives in church, when you think of all the, the ways to describe it, how it's described surrounding the church. Again, very distinct. And I just want to talk to you a little bit this morning. I want to have this little conversation about denominations this morning, but think about where the church meets. Think about where the church is gathering even this morning. Consider size just for a moment. Uh, Many churches even start out like this in a home. You know, someone in a living room. Roy and Jeanette just got done talking about how they're having church in their living room. People are having church in a home. This is church. Now, some people say, that looks like a Bible study. Well, that's the church because the church is people. Church isn't based on size. Church is people. Jesus said, where two or more of you gather, I'm going to be there. There's the church. And then, and then at one point, you know, I've, been, I've now been in ministry over 30 years, and I've got to tell you, I've done church in all kinds of places in all kinds of ways. At one point, we met in a bar because nobody's in a bar on a Sunday morning. The bar, it was a great place to meet because it was busy Saturday night. It was going to be busy again Sunday night, but nobody's there on Sunday morning. And so we would meet. We met in a bar. We, in fact, at one point, we met in a hotel. 
a church that we had met in a hotel. We were using, uh, next slide, we were using some of the rooms in the hotel. Uh, next slide for me. We are using some of the rooms in the hotel as our Sunday school rooms. Oh, children's ministries is in 201, 202, 203, and we just send them down there, you know. They walk down the hallway, is this the four and five room, you know, and two queen-size beds and some cribs set up. We were doing children's ministries in a hotel, and once the, con- the congregation continued to grow, we started meeting in a theater. At the time, at the time, I'll never forget having to cover up the Friday the 13th posters in the foyer because we had like the Sunday school classrooms in the foyer. We're setting up dividers and setting up classrooms, bringing in chairs, because that's where we could meet. There are all kinds of churches that are out there. Uh, at one point, our congregation was meeting at La Mesa Junior High School. Anybody, way, anybody with us way back in the day? We met at La Mesa Junior High in the, in the multi-purpose room there. And because we just continued to grow until we found this property. We have this property now, now we're here, we're continuing to grow here. And there are churches far larger than this. They're called like mega churches or super congregations, right? There's all kinds of places that the church meets. I want to share with you today about the beauty and the diversity of the church, the body of Christ. When I say diversity this morning, I don't want to talk about programs. I don't want to talk about worship styles or, or demographics, you know, or young adults or kids. That, see, that's all obvious stuff. And, and skin color is, in my mind, skin color is really irrelevant. I don't want to talk about ethnic diversity because that's a given. The church is all people, all places. We embrace everyone. The church's diversity is really easily seen, though, when you start looking at the, the denominations. So think about denominations for a minute. And, and before I go into this this morning, I want to be very clear. Denominations are kind of a mixed blessing. It's, you know, it, 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 it's a mixed blessing. A denomination makes for a wonderful adjective to describe something, but it makes for a terrible noun to define something. We, we can't be defined by our denomination. Denominations are simply a group of gatherings like this, like this gathering and this gathering and this gathering. We all kind of think the same, so we're going to create a denomination of gatherings that think alike. We need to make sure, though, that denominations even though we have specific and distinct traditions within the body of Christ, we need to make sure that terms like Methodist or Presbyterian, that those are adjectives describing Christianity and not as nouns defining Christianity. See, you can't, this is a bad way to say this. I'm a Methodist. No, you're not. You're a Christian with Methodist practices. I'm a Presbyterian. No, you're not. You're a Christian with Presbyterian practices. See, when we start to use it as a noun, it fails to truly deliver for us. The Bible doesn't begin, and that's where we start. The Bible doesn't begin with diversity. The Bible begins with unity and then celebrates the diversity in the midst of that unity. See, we're already one. We're not looking to become one. We are one. In American culture, denominations have been the witness to our religious freedom. I mean, it goes back a long time. We just go, hey, here's a group of people, here's a group of people. And there have been so many denominations that have sprouted up. This is the cornerstone for Foursquare. If you've ever been to uh, Echo Park, there's a church down there called Angelus Temple. This is the cornerstone of where Foursquare started in Echo Park. And it says this, that we're dedicated to the cause of, and this is important to us, interdenominational and worldwide evangelism. I don't care who you are. I, listen, as long as we believe together on the most important stuff, let's party. We got work to do. 
The harvest is plenty. The workers are few. So if you're Methodist, Presbyterian, Vineyard, I don't care. Let's go. Baptist, cool, awesome. We can party. Let's, we got work to do. And so we are an interdenominational denomination. It's kind of funny, but that's who we are. And, and it's all of these, the, these things that I celebrate within denomination because, in a sense, they have really brought some reform within the church. And, and there creates this colors of spirituality. This is something I'm wanting to get into f- fairly soon. I'm hoping maybe next year. I've been studying this for several years. It's called the, the colors of spirituality. And you have essentially three main focuses within the church. Some churches focus real heavily on the word where it's scripture driven and all we're doing is Bible study, Bible study. Some churches are focused more on the spirit. Those are the charismatic or Pentecostal churches. They're more enthusiastic. And then some churches are focused on the world. That's evangelism and, and justice you know, for, for humanity. And it's, it's more, and, and you have in the middle of it though, you have between the green and the blue, you have sacramental churches. So the church is very diverse, and it's meant to be diverse. But I'm sure that at some point, I think God goes, okay, wait, enough is enough. Enough's enough. Come on, stop, stop, and, and we're going to get into it this morning. Stop getting in a mess over the little stuff. It's not, it's not, that is not that important. I kind of think of the church, and this is, this is just three parts, but I think of the church as a spectrum of color. And, and so some churches are on the spectrum over here and some churches are on the spectrum over here, but we all have a, a different beauty. There's a different beauty in, in our expression. And I wanna, I, I wanna somehow start to embrace that we are more alike than we would like to admit maybe. I think some people are like, no, we're not like that. No, no we are. And, and I wanna have the nitpicking divisions just kinda end. And that's part of why we celebrate church anywhere but here. We're gonna be celebrating this next week. And again, and I want you to hear this, Foursquare. That's the denomination we're a part of. Foursquare is a brilliant adjective, but it is an idolatrous noun. If we define ourselves denominationally, it's a problem. I define myself as a Christian with Foursquare practices. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, we, we shouldn't be a Methodist or a Presbyterian. We should be Christians. And, and Denominations bring renewal to the church when they bring glory to God. That's when I want to celebrate it. I want to celebrate that kind of faith. Denominations can bring numerous distinct facets and expressions. It's kind of like the orders within the Roman Catholic Church. You have the Jesuits, the Franciscans, the Benedictines, but they're all considered Catholics, Roman Catholics. Well, there's all these different denominations, but we're all Christians, and it's time that we get back to that. We, we have a particular kind of calling and a gift. But it doesn't make us non-Christian. We know we're, we're all still Christians. So I want, us to, I want us to embrace some of that as we celebrate church anywhere here. Paul compares the body of Christ to the human body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you don't have to turn there. But he says, listen, there's lots of parts, but it makes one body. The hand is one kind. See, imagine the body of Christ like the human body. This is Presbyterian. This is the vineyard. This is Foursquare. This is Baptist. See, there's just different parts, but together we make the body of Christ. He says all the parts are gifts to be, refi- to, to be received. And, and it's, not about, it's not about independence. It's about interdependence. We're working together. And if denominations become ways in which we receive those gifts, then I'm prepared to celebrate them. 
But when denominations begin to compete, or worse yet, reject one another, that spells trouble. Oh, those kinds of people. We're not, they're not really Christians. Yee. I love this comic. It is one of my all-time favorites called Tom's Doubts. Churches and Christian movements throughout the history, you can see it, he's all graphed there on the board. And the teacher says, so this is where our movement came along and finally got the Bible right. Jesus is so lucky to have us. Right? I tell you, there are people who actually believe that. See, I see the humor in that. But there are people like, what? That is kind of the way it is, you know. Part of my role as a pastor is to remind all Christians everywhere that we are one, thanks to the work that Jesus did at the cross. Jesus the Christ has completed us, we are one. By the way, another thought, I believe it would be a mistake to think that what the church, what the church once was is what God wants the church to be today. It's okay that it changes. It's okay that we don't look just like this. Because I have people go, we should be in the house. We should not be in buildings. The church belongs in the house. That's what happened in the Bible. I'm like, there's a lot of things in the Bible that you don't want to have come back. Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, yo. Okay. Oh, we gave to the Lord our money. And then they didn't because they lied about giving God their money. And they were both struck dead. I don't want to explain that to you. But that's what was going on when they were meeting house to house. I don't think that's a good place for us to go back to because we don't give God money, right? But listen, we, we, we change. The church, the church is changing. The church is maturing. The church does things differently. Think about worship for just a minute. Think about worship. I, I can't, this is one of those places that just, uh, as a pastor, I just got to tell you, it's so, it's exhausting. I don't like this kind of worship. We should sing more hymns. You know what they were saying? You know what they were saying when they first started singing hymns? I don't like these hymns. Why don't we sing more Benedictine, you know, monk, Gregorian chants? Hallelujah. Right? And they're like, why can't we sing those anymore? How come we're not singing in Latin? Why are we singing in English? It's like, uh, listen, it's always been complaining. So I, I want everybody to be prepared. Get ready. When you get to heaven, you know what they're going to be singing? Hallelujah. It's hundreds of years they sang Gregorian chants. We're going to be singing in Chinese. You better learn that language now. They're going to be singing in Latin. You thought there was no more church in Latin. In heaven, we're going to get there. They sang Latin for hundreds of years. And now, I'm absolutely being tongue-in-cheek because I believe that heaven goes way beyond language. Okay, so, so I'm being silly. But, but please understand this. Worship is not about what we prefer. Worship is about what he prefers when we say, I empty myself that you might fill me. That's worship. We're going to do that for eternity. And it's going to look a lot different than you might imagine. And I could just see somebody going up to God, excuse me, uh, the drums are too loud, Lord. Um, <laughs> maybe do this, please, Lord. I, I believe that God is calling us to new forms of faithfulness that our past gatherings could never accomplish. And so today when we see ways, the old ways of being the church running their course and a new generation expressing it, the truth of the Bible and following the same Holy Spirit, but they got lights and fog machines and we're like, this isn't worship. Right? And they're going, but they are singing loudly. I am praising God. And they're jumping up and down. You're like, that's not worship. This is just, this is all flesh. Mm, be careful. Just let's all be careful. All this talk about denominational diversity. 
I've talked about what the differences are, but I want you to see in Ephesians chapter four, I'm gonna come back right here, verses four, five, and six, check this out. Look what he says, I, I wanna talk about unity, but what's the basis for our unity? Verse four, chapter four, verse four. For there is one body, and there is one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, there is one faith, there is one baptism. There is one God and Father who is over all, in all, and living through all. This is why we are one. We are one to begin with. We are already united, but we celebrate our diversity. That's very different out in the world. This is foundational for our beliefs as, Christian, as Christians because everybody that has communion with Christ is having communion with everybody that has communion with Christ. We're one. We are one. It makes us one family. So, having said all that, so what are we doing next week? Right? We're having communion and worshiping with a congregation down the street that's not ours. And, I, and listen, I can tell you, I let other pastors in our, in our valley know, the church in Santa Clarita is one. We are one. We're all the church in Santa Clarita. And I believe that we celebrate with one another next week as we build up this sense of family. When we celebrate church anywhere but here, I think that we make the, 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 the boundaries between our gatherings more porous. I believe that we allow movement. I, I want you to understand something. As a pastor, I've, I've been doing this more than 20 years. We've been celebrating church anywhere but here. And, and every year, someone comes back and says, Pastor, I think we're going to go to that church. I'm like, awesome. I, man, I was there. My kids just felt like they fit. I felt like the teaching was right for me. Awesome. It's okay. This is the body of Christ. I'm just leading one over here called the sanctuary. And they're leading one called real life. And they're leading one called bouquet. And they're leading, everybody's got, that's okay, great. But what I want to do is I want to really discover the other gifts that Jesus has given to other churches. Oh, you guys. There's some beautiful places of worship in our valley. Beautiful things happening. And I think about the possible misconceptions, which is really what I want to focus on, is the possible misconceptions of those who are watching us. I want to communicate clearly why we're doing church anywhere but here. Um, I have communicated consistently about this thing that we call church anywhere but here uh, to other pastors, and the conversation essentially goes something like this. Wait, you do what? And then, wow, that's an amazing idea. I would never do that. <laughs> it, it typically runs that span. I'm like, but if it's such, a, and I would I'll say this, if it's such an amazing idea, why don't you try it? Yeah, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't fly in our congregation. I'm like, sure it will, but you just got to make it fly. You got to throw it. <laughs> I, I want to talk about why we're doing this. I want us to understand it. So you have on your chairs this morning this little flyer. I hope one is near you. I hope you have this. If you don't have one, get one from the ushers today. You need to get one of these. Please make sure that you get one. First, here's the first thing regarding church anywhere but here. It is not a free day pass. <laughs> Yay, no church on the 22nd. We get to sleep in. Let's go to the beach. <laughs> right? That, that's not what's going on next week. According to Gallup, Okay, the Gallup poll people, right? 35% of Christians in California attend church weekly. One third of people who say, I'm a Christian, go to church every single week. 
So you already got your day off, all right? So let's just keep going to church next week. Okay, so I want you to see this, though. I want you to see this. July 22nd, we're choosing a place. And maybe it's on this list, maybe it's not. But Canyon Country, Newhall, Castec, Agua Dulce, Valencia, Saugus, wherever you live, find a place. Maybe it's the church that you pass on the way to the freeway when you're going to work. Maybe it's the church you pass as you're leaving your neighborhood to come here. I, I don't know. You, got, you come down White's Canyon, you know, you've gone over Plum, you come down White's Canyon, and there's that church on your left. Go there. Go. You're heading up Bouquet Canyon, you're going to go up to San Francisco, and there's that church on the right. Oh, yeah. Go there. It's going to be awesome. There's one right on the main street as you're heading over to that coffee shop you like so much. Hey, there's a church right there. Go there. I want to encourage you to do that. Secondly, church here over here is not about ignoring our differences. It's actually about acknowledging and celebrating them instead. This is actually that, 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 that ignoring of differences is the way democracy works. Let's just ignore our differences and the, the different groups come together and stay together as long as their interests are perceived to coincide. I mean, you just look at the chasm of conflict that's happening in our nation right now, and you'll see how democracy works. As long as we agree for these, no, I was going to say two minutes, but I'll say two seconds, then we can function together and we can get some things done. But as soon as any disagreement comes, and the lines get spread apart and then we have no more unity. Again, the Bible says as Christians that we're different. As Christians we're different, there's one creation that is wondrously diverse. Think about, think about trees just for a minute. Think about all the different shapes of leaves. You got leaves, elm leaves that are this big, oak tree leaves. You got pine needles. You know the needle is actually a leaf. Think about the diversity of how God created the leaves on trees. He did all that. Imagine how diverse he's made you and me. Isn't that cool? That's why for me, I'll never, I'll never say, I wish I had leaves like that person. Because God gave me my leaves. These are my leaves. This is the way he made me. I don't want to be like that person. God made us all so diverse, but we celebrate that. And as I said in the beginning, the Bible starts with unity and then celebrates the diversity within it. We start as one. Christianity doesn't start with diversity and then somehow strategize, how can we be more united? No, we are united, period. Now let's celebrate how different we are in our unity. Golden Valley High School. We love Golden Valley High School. Right up the street, as you walk in their, as you walk in their office, they have a huge mission statement on their wall. And it says this, diversity is our strength, unity is is our goal. That's democracy. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm, I'm just saying, that's not the church. We are one, and we celebrate our diversity. The gap between democracy and the divine is huge. Church anywhere but here is an attempt for us to see that we are one body which displays itself in different traditions that are somehow complementary to one another. We are interrelated we are interdependent. I need that congregation. I need that congregation. And you know what? Here's the careful one. They need us. They need us. We need to express who we are. This is who we are. So we do things a little different. I'll tell you what, when we get this, when we get that we are already one and we celebrate our diversity inside of our unity, when we get that, we'll be closer to living out the fullness of the church.
As long as we go, no, we're different. We're not like those kinds of Christians, and we're not like those kinds. We're this kind. Church anywhere but here is an opportunity for us to focus on that which unites us. You know what unites us? Yes, Jesus at the cross. But Jesus said it best in John 13. Look what he said. (laughs) He wasn't talking to the people on the hillside. He wasn't talking to a large group of people. He wasn't talking to just the throngs. It's always, anytime you see Jesus start to open his mouth, there's always this word, multitudes, crowds. This is one of the times he's talking to just his disciples, and look what he says, your love for each other. That's what sets us apart. I love that congregation. It's all right, they're not here. That's okay. They're over there. They love Jesus their way. He says, your love for one another is going to be the proof that the world needs I want to give them proof. Let's give them proof. Let's give the world proof. I'm a disciple. That's why next week's not a day off. I want to show the world. I want to show the church, too. We're one. I've been in groups of people where they're expressing their frustration with the number of churches and denominations in the world. Their frustration is something along the lines, why can't all the churches get along? And while I understand the irritation, genuinely I do, I, I think, generally speaking, I think we do get along. I think about National Day of Prayer. We come together, we pray. Different congregations, different ways of celebrating, we get together. Million meals, do you remember that? We stopped churches all over the valley, 17 different churches all over the valley cha- changed and canceled their Sunday morning services so that we could pack up meals for the poor. That's unity, March for Jesus. Went down Valencia Boulevard, the church walking as one down Valencia Boulevard. Closed down Valencia Boulevard. We closed down Valencia Boulevard? Promise keepers. City Church Unite. Here in Santa Clarita Valley, you keep hearing, we're going to keep putting those, those messages in, in the bulletin. Hey, City Church Unite is meeting at this church. We're praying together on these, in these moments. We're going to keep doing it. Because I want you to hear something. I'm not against denominations. I'm just not into denominations that are more into themselves than the body of Christ. I'm okay with denominations. It's okay. It's diversity. It's all right. It's okay to express how God made you. Denominations are here to give our faith some distinct flavors which complement the body of Christ. And instead of squabbling over our differences, if we were to focus on the practices where we do agree, for instance, the life-changing power of Jesus, the church could change the world. I'm I'm trying to stand up and make them want what we got. Right now they're going, I'm not so sure about those people. I don't get them. Too often, we allow the non-essentials to divide and fragment the body of Christ when we ought to be allowing the essential things, the things that the Bible speaks clearly and loudly on to unite us. Okay, you believe women should wear head coverings? Good for you. Let your women wear head coverings. All right, so you think women are allowed to be pastors? Terrific. Let your women be pastors. Oh, you, you, uh, listen, I walked into church one time with a baseball cap on. I thought I was Satan incarnate. I knew something had gone wrong. I walked into this church, I was like, why is everybody staring at me, right? I was out of town one time, I'm like, what is going on? And I mean, I'm getting the evil eye, laser beam, and I'm trying to think, I'm like, I'm like, what is going on, right? And I realized I was wearing a baseball cap because I kept watching people look at me, look at my hat, look at me, look at my hat. I was like, whoop, sat on my hat. I was like, wow. And, and I realized 
they considered, because the Bible says, men should not cover their heads. And it was like, I had done the wrong thing in this congregation. I was like, whoa. But here's what happened. They took this non-essential piece and made it an essential. Let me, let me go basically through the essentials. You ready? Jesus was born of a virgin. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the grave for our eternal life. He's coming back again for me. I don't know about you, but <laughs> these are essentials, people. Listen to me, listen. Jesus was not one of God's sons. There, there's a, a large faction, I'll call it that, a cult, a cult, not occult, a cult, that believes Jesus and Satan were brothers. Jesus was the good son, Satan was the bad son. That's what they believe. And, and they, they take not just this, then they wrote their own scriptures, the Mormon church. Listen, that's, this is an essential. Jesus was the only son of God. Here's another essential. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one gets to the Father except through me. That's an essential. There are not many roads leading to God. There is one. Now, that's an essential for us as Christians. But when we take the non-essentials, women shouldn't be pastors. That's not Christian. That's not, listen, essentials have to do with us getting to heaven. If it has nothing to do with us getting to heaven, it's not an essential. You must be baptized. You took a non-essential and you made it an essential. Should we be baptized? Yeah, Jesus said we should. Paul said we should. It's clearly example, but it has nothing to do with salvation. So what we gotta do is we gotta make sure, and it's this, it's been said for thousands of years, I don't, and, and you can find 20 people who actually said it first. I still don't know. In essentials, unity. Let's agree on that which needs to be agreed on. In non-essentials, liberty. Okay, you want to wear head coverings? Cool. You don't want me to wear a hat? I'll take my hat off. No big deal. You think women should be pastors? Okay, I believe women should be pastors. We have several women on staff who are pastors. I believe the Bible clearly outlines that women can pastor. But, but people have made that into an essential. It's not. But in all things, love. Love. Because that's, how, that's what's going to prove that we're disciples. Next week, we're going out into our community to celebrate what we have in common. So I want you to pick a church. I want you to pick a church. Take your Bibles. Please take your Bibles. Take your kids. Take your offerings. Yes. Leave money in those congregations. Seed those congregations and the ministries there and worship with the church. Sing their songs even if they're not familiar. It's worship. Again, first, church enter here is not a sleep-in day. Go somewhere unfamiliar, it, where you've never been. Oh, but I like going to that one church on church enter here. Try something else. If you're intimidated to go by yourself, don't. Find somebody to go with. Just go, hey, you want to go to the one near us? Find some people to go with. I get it. Secondly, church enter here is about celebrating our unity in all of its diversity. I want you to bring back a bulletin. Bring back the bulletin, whatever they give away. I had my bulletin here, it's gone now. But bring back the bulletin, and here's what we're doing on the 29th. We're gonna put our, all those bulletins right here on the steps, and we're gonna pray for all those churches. I remember one year, someone happened to be on business in Saudi Arabia, on church anywhere but here, and they brought back a bulletin from Saudi Arabia. I go, gift card for you for going the farthest for church anywhere but here, right? <laughs> but, but we pray for all those churches. We're gonna put up all the churches, we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna pray for those congregations. Lastly, though, I wanna tell you, I wanna encourage you. Church anywhere over here allows us to feel 
what a visitor feels like. When was the last time you did something for the first time? When was the last time you did something for the first time? Because people come here every week for the first time and they don't know anybody and that can be intimidating. And when you walk into a church and you go, uh, um, where's the kids' ministries? And nobody's saying anything to you? And you're trying to drop off your kids or you're like, Where, where's the entrance to the... T-? I, I literally went to a church one time I was like, where's the main entrance? I mean, I saw a bathroom door. I saw a kitchen door. But I'm like, I'm not... Oh yeah, it's down the hall is the main entrance. I'm like... And I had to go ask somebody. And you know what it taught me? That our ushers and greeters should be saying, come on in, we're right through here. Come on in, we're right through here. Because I learned what it meant, what it meant to feel like, what it felt like when I walked in and went, I have no idea what I'm doing and I have no idea where I'm going. You ever felt like that? How do you like the way that feels? Terrible, right? Well, every Sunday someone comes into this building unfamiliar with what we do. It helps us to understand what it feels like to be someplace that's unfamiliar. So we can help and better minister to people who are unaccustomed with our traditions. All of a sudden, a woman gets up here and she's, do, she's doing, a, she's doing it there. It says, Pastor Jen's doing announcements. We have women pastors. What the heck? You know, you, people start asking questions. I, I, I can't tell you how often I get this one. That is the shortest worship time I've ever had. Because we flipped our worship services. So they walk in, they get one song, and then I start yammering. They're going, is this guy going to go for another 90 minutes? Oh, God, help us, you know? Right? They're like, one song is all you guys get? And then the songs start later in the service. Some people are just unfamiliar with the fact that we flipped it. Which, by the way, can I just say, if you ever wondered why we do that, this is why. Because I believe that I'm going to use this to prepare and align you to an encounter with God rather than your encounter in worship to prepare you to listen to me yammer on for 30 minutes. I want the last thing you to rem- that you remember as you walk out these doors is what God shared with you about what he thinks about you during worship. I want you to remember that, not the third P in my outline. <laughs> I want you to remember what God has to say about you. People walk in here every Sunday. They're unfamiliar with our children's ministries. When was the last time you were unfamiliar dropping your kid off somewhere totally different? And people on a Saturday night went, clickety, clickety, click, churches in Santa Clarita. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, churches in Canyon Country. Uh, how about churches hiding behind a gas station. That's us, right? N- nobody ever puts that in there. <laughs> I-, I-, I want you to pick a church. And every year I have people say, I'm not doing it. I won't do it. I'm like, that's sad because you won't be able to celebrate what God created. I want you to celebrate with us next week. Church anywhere but here. Then, by the way, just so you know, at night, we're having movie night that night. We're coming back. We're watching uh, Wonder. If you have not seen Wonder with Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson, a terrific movie. I watched that movie and said, man, we got to do that for movie night. So next Sunday night... Uh, I, I don't know what time, five o'clock, we're meeting in here, so it'll be nice air conditioned, we're just gonna have, the big screens are gonna be kicked in, we're gonna have a movie night, okay? So, but that's, that's church over here that night. But, but I want you to hear this, go and celebrate the body of Christ. The body of Christ is awesome. It's amazing. For me, listen, this is for me. I try and fit in like a Saturday night service and two Sunday morning services. I try to get into three different churches on the weekend because I don't ha- ever have church anywhere but here. <laughs> right? This is the only place. I got I to listen to this guy every Sunday. <laughs> he never goes away. Uh, my poor wife. Okay. And uh, 
I, I, I want to encourage you. I, I genuinely want to encourage you to go and experience what, what God designed. God designed our diversity within our unity. We're not trying to make the church one. We are one. Now let's celebrate how different we are. Go someplace you've never been. And there's a bunch of churches here, all their phone numbers, call them up, find out when their service times are, what's close to me. That's great. Maybe it's far. I, you know, I'm going to go to church with my parents. I haven't been to church with my parents. I'm going to San Fernando Valley, going to the Simi Valley, going to Antelope Valley, going to one of the valleys around us. I don't know. But you go, I'm going to go somewhere else. Great, go somewhere. But celebrate what God is doing Celebrate the gifts that God has given so many different congregations. They're beautiful gifts all over the place. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for a time together with some friends. Having some laughs, thinking about who you've created us to be, who you've created me to be, who you've created we to be. And we celebrate that this morning, but more than that, we celebrate you the work that you accomplished, Jesus, for the joy set before you, you endured the cross. You rescued me, you rescued us, you rescued that, the people in that congregation down the street, and we celebrate them too. I pray, Father, as we celebrate church anywhere but here, we would do so with friends. We would maybe take another family and take another friend. Let's, let's go together to that church. Let's go to, and then we'll have lunch afterwards. I pray that we would learn the ministry of shut up we would not criticize those churches. I didn't like the way they did that. The way the pastor got up and he, and I didn't like the word, word that song. I really, all right. It wouldn't, none of that. No, no, we're there to celebrate. And so I pray, Father, as we do so next week, it would be with anticipation of opening our eyes to see the beauty and the diversity of the body of Christ. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, let it be done.